Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello, and welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. My name is David Baker. I'm your host. I'm the pastor of the Family Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee, and vice president of Independent Baptist Online College. So I've mentioned here that uh, my goal, a few different things I want to do with this. Number one is I want to push back on the woke liberal church change agenda where people are changing on so many things. And so those type of issues want to teach and uh, encourage and help with that. Uh, second, I love to do interviews with pastors, evangelists, missionaries that uh, I know or meet or come in contact with. And this summer we've had a blessing of those being able to come through and looking forward to uh having more of those and uh, to expose people to them, their ministry, I think that's good and helpful. The other thing I mentioned a couple of weeks ago is to um, help you with soul winning, help you with witnessing, helping you to be able to uh, show and share with others how that they can know for sure that they're on their way to heaven. So we uh, dealt the other time with, is Jesus God? And I hope you got to listen to that and a help. And remember coming to that, you cannot quote, come at it with understanding, meaning, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand the deity and the Trinity, because God said it is a what? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. You're not going to understand it. Anyone who says, I understand the Trinity, you know they're off because you can't understand it. Okay, so understand that when you go to explain it, you start off with 1 Timothy 3.16, where it says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. What is this mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in this world, received up into glory. Whoa, God, wait. Yes, it's a mystery. Isaiah 7, 14 and 9, 6, Jesus, virgin, going to conceive and we're going to call him Emmanuel, which Matthew says is God with us. And Isaiah 9, 6, we're going to call Jesus this, we're going to call him what? The mighty God, the everlasting father. Yes, because Jesus is God. I don't understand it. You got it. 
You don't have to understand it. You have to accept it. And once you turn off the logic part of the brain, I don't have to understand that. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to understand everything about a woman because I'm not a woman. So anyway, hope you got that lesson. Go back and uh, listen to that. Really important. I wanted to talk today about baptism. Baptism is the most argued about topic and issue in Christianity, okay? In um, Independent Baptist, I think the biggest, most argued issue is the King James Bible, and we try to cover and teach and help on that, and we'll do more of that. In Christianity, it's baptism, from the uh, type of baptism, uh, by immersion, sprinkling, uh, when you're born, when you're saved, age of accountability, um, how do you baptize, backwards, forwards, uh, who can baptize. Anyway, there's so many different issues on that. I'm not going to get into all of those. What I want to get into just very simply is this, does baptism save? Does baptism save? Is baptism essential? Do you have to get baptized to be saved? Now, there are a lot of different churches and religions that teach that, okay? There's a lot. From the Catholic Church, you have to be baptized as an infant. To the Church of Christ, you have to be baptized uh, for the remission of sins to be saved. And so um, a lot of different people teach that in all different types of groups in the middle. But if you can understand these simple verses, I'm just going to give you four main ones. There's a couple more you can go into, and if you have questions on those, we can. But, and I'll tell you why. And uh, in our area, this is very strong. I have had literally, literally hundreds of debates with people on this issue. Okay. Um, and so um, when I, we moved down here and I realized how many people, Church of Christ, and what they believed, I said, I've got to understand this. So I made a binge study, read, looked, everything I could, debates, topic, doctrine, to be able to answer that question. Because <laughs> it messed me up one time. Now, I'm a freshman in Bible college, just finished my freshman year, and I didn't have a big, solid, doctrinal, independent Baptist training before that. So I had one year of Bible college, and I wanted to make sure my friends and family were saved that lived in Tennessee. So I took the whole summer and uh, lived by faith and neat summer, neat story, did a two week in the woods fast just with the spring water and close to God anyway. But one of the things, the main reason I went there was to make sure my friends and family were saved. So I had a whole list of aunts, uncles, cousins, and went around to witness all of them and got to see a bunch of them say, but I was, when I was down there, I saw all these church of Christ and I never saw that before. So I was curious about what they believed. So I went in one time, uh, Curtis Dowdy, uh, was his name and it was Highland Avenue church of Christ. And I walked in and said, Hey, I'm a young ministerial student and I don't know what church of Christ believe. Wonder if I could talk to the preacher. Hold on. He said, yes, come on in. And so we talked, <laughs> I left out of there, my head was spinning and hurting, and I was going, no, 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 that can't be right, that can't be right. I didn't know how to answer him, and it messed me up, okay? I know you're surprised, because freshmen in Bible college know everything, <laughs> at least we think we do, but it messed me up big time, and I just went to the Bible and said, God, I need to understand this, I need to understand this, and went on a binge study to make sure I could understand and answer this. And God said, we need to be always ready to give an answer to every man that asketh the reason of the hope that is in us. And you need to know, if you're going to witness, if you're going to be a strong witness, you need to know how to explain baptism because so many people ask, do you have to be baptized to be saved? And then they'll quote a part of a verse, okay? And so um, I have full lessons on each of these um, if people want them. And by the way, 
if you ever email me, you know I'm not always the best and quickest in getting back. I'm sorry. I need to get another secretary to help me with uh, those things because I have this stuff there if you want more teaching on it. But I'm going to go over the four basic ones that um, they go through and tell you which one I would start with and why. Okay. So, and I believe it's a big deal which one you start with. Now, I have talked to at least 10 Church of Christ preachers on this subject. I mean, preachers, either in my office or their office. Um, and so this issue, and this is why I start with number one. So the first one is John 3, okay? You must be born of water. They believe that born of water is baptism, okay? And that's what they say. Um, and so this one is the simplest one to explain where they cannot deny it, okay? They cannot deny it. I'm in a big Church of Christ pastor's office with a lady who used to go to his church who now goes to ours. She wanted to go back and talk to the pastor with her new husband now uh, that went to our church. And so we said, and talked and we looked at John 3 5 and after we got done he said okay I give you this one that's not talking about baptism okay um, and by the way any preacher any church Christ preacher worth their salt or any preacher who, when you show them this verse worth their salt is going to tell you that now some will still lie and get upset one guy he was a retired from Graham Church of Christ he was so mad when I showed him this he was so mad I'm not exaggerating he cussed me out and kicked me out of his house the first time I was there, he was kind of friendly, gave me a whole bunch of tapes to listen to from Church of Christ. I went home and listened to him, came back, said, you know, I had a question, and I showed him this, and he, he was so mad, he, he cussed me out and kicked me out of his house. This you cannot deny context, okay? John 3, 5, here we go. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Some people try to say this water is, is the Bible, and, and I know we're washing of water by the word, but context says exactly what this is, born of water. Nobody argues the Spirit, that's being saved, born of the Spirit. What they argue is born of water. Okay, if you understand, if, if you have a verse you don't understand, read the verses around it. Let's read the verse above it, verse 4. Nicodemus saith then, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 4, without a doubt, is talking about what? A physical birth, entering into a mother's womb, okay? Nobody argues. No one can debate it. Yes, verse 4 is talking about a physical or a fleshly birth. And say it that way, a physical or fleshly birth. All right, let's see what verse 6 is talking about. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit, Okay, so verse six, we have two verse, just two births, just like verse five, we have two births. The, the one lines up spirit, spirit, until the other one, flesh, lines up with being born of water. Born of the flesh, what's being born of the flesh? Well, that's being born physically. Okay, if the verse before it, mother's womb is being born in the flesh, and the verse after it, is being born of the flesh. I wonder what the verse in the middle talks about, born of water. Um, if your wife hasn't had a ba hasn't delivered yet, hasn't broke the water yet, when the doctor um, gets there, the doctor breaks the, and I always make them say it, doctor breaks the water and the baby's born of water. All it's saying to go to heaven is first we're born of water from our mother's womb. Second, we're born of the spirit when we trust Jesus Christ as our savior. And by the way, John 3, verse 16, it's in this. And then you go on and show them that. It's strong. You can't deny it. You can't argue it. I've never heard anyone being able, be able to argue anything different than that by context. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but you can't use this verse to believe that because context says born of water is uh, a baby being born. Okay? It is a baby born. born. You just can't deny that. Um, all right. So um, the next one, uh, and um, this to me is very simple. Um, 
So I was out soul winning, knocking on doors. I met a preacher and talked about salvation, my grace of faith. And he said, well, the Bible says he that is baptized shall be saved. I said, okay. I said, what does the rest of the verse say? He said, what do you mean? I said, that's only half the verse. What does the rest of the verse say? And he goes, I don't know. I said, well, where, where is it found out in the Bible? He said, I don't know. And so I smiled and said, really? You're basing your whole salvation on a half of a verse? You don't even know where it's found at? Let me show you. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Oh, there it is. What's the punctuation after that? Semicolon. Okay, does that mean the thought stops or the thought continues? The thought continues. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, I've never had debate class or anything there. I, I think I know and understand people, but people will always often disagree with what you tell them, but they will not disagree with what they tell themselves. So instead of telling them what this says, ask them, according to that verse, what does the Bible say? Damn somebody. Not believing or not being baptized. What does that verse say? He that believeth not shall be damned. Well, well, it means that. Here's a phrase they use in debate, and I use it against them all the time. Now, look, we need to be silent where the Scripture is silent and speak where the Scripture speaks. What does the Bible say? I know what you believe, but what does the Bible say? The Bible says, he that believeth not shall be damned. It never says, he that is baptized not shall be damned. And then explain it to them. What Jesus would do is take a hard truth and put it in simple terms and use an illustration for it to make sense to them. We'll do the same thing. So I'm going to take the same verbiage here and put it in an earthly illustration. Here it is. He that getteth on the bus and sitteth down shall get to Nashville. But he that getteth not on the bus shall not get to Nashville. Would anybody argue and say, no, 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 if you don't sit down, you're not getting to Nashville. Look, you can stand up and hold on to the thing on the bus and still get to Nashville. It's the getting on the bus that gets you to Nashville, not sitting down. It is the believing on the Lord Jesus Christ that gets you saved, not being baptized. If we're not baptized, we're still saved. If we don't sit down, we're still going to get to Nashville. That's the verbiage that that uses. Okay? Very, very simple. They're quoting half of a verse, and they're trying to say that's all of it, but they're not looking at what the Bible says. He that believeth not shall be damned. Okay? Um, by the way, when you try to go to the thief on the, thief on the cross, they say, um, well, well, that was before Jesus died on the cross. And I said, okay, so anyone who died after Jesus had to be baptized. Is that right? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> go to the story. Which one died first? Jesus. The other one had to break the legs. Anyone that, you just said anyone that died after Jesus had to be baptized. The thief on the cross died after Jesus. So did Jesus lie to him? Today he would be with me in paradise. Did he lie to him? Because he's really in hell according to what you believe? No, no, no. I mean, after, no, that's not what you said. I'll keep changing their tune uh, for that. Okay. Um, all right. So, um, um, so another one, Acts 22. Okay. We'll spend long on this. This is this is really simple. We want to go read and study this. But Acts 22, um, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. Okay. And uh, they want to claim that strongly. Acts 22 is the story of Paul telling about him being saved, not when he got saved. That's Acts 9. When you go back and read that and read the story, many times when we tell the story, we shorten it. We use abbreviations. We use illustrations uh, there. He did not say that at first. He was already saved when 
he called on the Lord, uh, knew who it was, it was Jesus. That's when he got saved. Baptizing, being baptized had nothing to do with that after that. Okay. So, um, but he said in Acts 22, arise, be baptized and wash away thy sins. Um, and, um, and so they try to say that, take him to Acts 9, show them the true story. And he is explaining, summarizing. No. And by the way, if that's true, then you can wash away your own sins. Really? No, that's not what he's talking about. Okay. All right. I want to spend, um, there's, there's one in first Peter three. I'll just give that for a minute. Um, I said, I was only going to give you four. There's technically five, uh, in first Peter three. And it talks about, uh, um, uh, the baptism quote doth also now save us. Um, and look at the story that's acts or sorry, first Peter three twenty one. the like figure whereunto baptism doth also now save us. It's a figure. It's a picture. Baptism isn't saving us. It's a like figure, a picture of our salvation. Just like I say, this ring doesn't make me married. It shows I'm married. Baptism doesn't save us. It shows people that we got saved. It's a figure, okay? Not the putting away the filth of the flesh, the flesh is a sin. It's not talking about your body. It's not talking about taking a bath. Not the putting away the filth of the flesh. Being baptized is not going to wash away your sins, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. When you get baptized, you're always glad that you did. Many times people are nervous or scared or, or didn't know if they want to get baptized. After baptism, why well, are you glad you did? Always, always, always. Why? Because it's the answer of a good conscience toward God. You feel good toward God because you got baptized. It doesn't save you. It's not putting away the filth of your flesh, okay? And uh, when it says eight souls were saved by water, please understand the ark is what kept them from being saved from the water, okay? In case they ask that. All right, last one, and this is the most important one, and uh, and I saved it for last. It takes a little while to explain it. You want to write these verses down. You want to go over it. This is something I would practice with somebody explaining it to them, okay? Um and it's beautiful. It's sweet. I love it. It's so much fun when you can take people through this uh, to help them with it. It's Acts 2 and 38. They say it like that. Acts 2 and 38. Um, and so, um, and in this, boy, hundreds of times I've explained this, and and um, it's so simple. Now, they don't always get saved, but they hear the word of God that's going to cut. Um, <laughs> I, I talked to a lady. We're friends today. Um, this was 20, 25 years ago. Her husband was Baptist. She was Church of Christ. They let me in the door, going door to door, came in, shared with her these verses. She got so upset. She started shaking. Leave, leave, leave. Get out of here. Leave, get out of here. And I said, ma'am, I'm just trying to show you what the Bible says. Long story, she was so upset and shaken. I found out a few years ago, not long after that, she got saved. She went to Baptist church and got saved. Why? Because the word of God will not return void. She kicked me out of the house. But the word was there. And within that year, she went to another Baptist church, talked to somebody and got saved and saved to this day. So Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for their mission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so there it is. You got to be baptized for their mission of sins um, or you're not going to be saved. All right. First thing is this, which you always ask them when they quote that. All right. And don't show it to them first. Ask them. Um, all right. Verse 38 is the answer to a question. What was the question that we're answering when he said, repent and be baptized for the mission of sins? They always say 99% of the time, they always say, oh, they're asking what must I do to be saved? And they're not. And you got them already. And they start backing up going, oh, maybe I have something wrong here. Okay. And you say, wait, 
um, the question they're answering is not what must the duty be saved, it's rather what shall we do? They weren't asking what must it do to be saved. How do you know they weren't asking that? They asked me. All right, let's go back. Verse 21, same sermon by Peter preaching. Verse 21, initially come to pass it, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. They weren't asking what must I do to be saved. They already knew how to be saved. Paul, Peter already told them how to be saved. Now they're asking afterwards, saved, what do we do? Whoa, nobody told them that. They never read verse 21. They just read verse 38. Uh-oh, they already got caught. They thought it said, what must I do to be saved? It didn't. It said, what shall we do? Well, how do you know they weren't asking that? We need to be silent where the scripture is silent and speak where the scripture speaks. It doesn't say they said, what must I do to be saved? So what shall we do? They weren't asking what must I do to be saved because verse 21 already told them how to be saved to call upon the name of the Lord, which is the same thing Romans 10, 13 that we, show, we showed them. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Do you see what's happening here? And then you say, look, there's only one time in the whole Bible that the question is asked, what must I do to be saved? And I show them that. Acts 16, verse 30, and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Look, did Paul lie to this guy? He asked, what do I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, he got baptized later on, but he didn't tell him he had to be baptized to be saved. Did Paul lie to this guy? There's only one time it says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul told him to believe. He didn't tell him to get baptized. The question they were asking was not, what must I do to be saved? They already knew how to be saved. Verse 21 showed them that. Do you understand what's happening? Whoa, oh, uh-oh. You are tearing down the foundation of what they thought. Now go back and show them, okay, what is that talking about them? They already knew how to be saved, verse 21. Now they're asking, now that we're saved, what do we do? By the way, isn't that the way we are in anything? You got the job, you showed it for work. All right, now what do I do? Okay? In anything in life, it's always, okay, I did this, now what? That's exactly what they were asking. So here's what he told them to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The whole crux of it is in that one little word for, okay? It's a preposition. It can mean in order to or because of. This is really important. If you want to stop and take some notes here, um, you want to. That word for can mean in order to or because of. In this passage, you believe we're baptized in order to have our sins forgiven. I believe we're baptized because our sins are already forgiven. Okay? So if I praise my wife for her beauty, am I praising her in order for her to get beauty or because she already has? Because she already has. If I go to jail for a crime, am I going to jail in order to commit a crime? No, I'm going to jail because I already did commit a crime. And say this with it every time after every one of these little phrases. That's why we're baptized, not in order to have our sins forgiven, but because our sins are already forgiven. If I get a ticket for speeding, am I getting a ticket in order to speed? I wish. No, I'm getting a ticket because I already did speed. Listen, I'm baptized because my sins are already forgiven. That's why it's not saying you have to be baptized in order to have your sins forgiven. You're baptized because your sins are already forgiven when I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, if you have a question about any verse, all you do is look for other verses that talk about that subject, and they will shed a light on that, okay? Acts 10, verse 43, it tells us exactly how to have forgiveness of sins. How to have remission of sins, it even uses. Here's what it says, Acts 10, 43. To him, give all the prophets witness that through his name, 
whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Now, what do you do with that verse? Acts 2.38, I explained it very simply. They weren't asking, they were not asking what must they do to be saved. Verse 21 told them that. They weren't asking what must they do to be saved. That was only asked one time, and that's Acts 16, verse 30. And he told them to believe. Um, it is, so what does that mean? We're baptized for because our sins are already forgiven. Because Acts 10.43 says we get remission of sins by what? Believing on Jesus. Whoso believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Nothing about baptism is mentioned in this at all. Wow, what is it? So it's just Jesus. Had a lady, uh, her husband, uh, well, they were dating. He wanted to get married. He couldn't. She wasn't saved. And after church on a Sunday night, they said, hey, can we take you out? And we went to Hardee's and sat down and went through every one of these verses. And she said, well, what about this? Great. Went to that verse. By the way, before they do what about, okay, jump to the next verse. Before we go to this next verse, and I'm glad to do that. Do you understand this is what this is really talking about? Yes. Okay. Because before we go on, we got to understand this one. They don't want to admit it. They just want to jump to another corner. Well, there's only four corners. You nowhere else to run. All right. And so make sure they understand that. And every time you're taking that away from them, I went through all these verses, four or the five verses with her. And I said, okay, what else? She shook her head and she says, I don't have any more. Okay, do you see and understand now that salvation is through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, believing on him to save you, not your works or anything you can do? And she said, yes. I said, would you like to then accept Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross as your savior? And she said, I would. And she, in already said, trusted Christ as her savior. Beautiful, sweet. Doesn't always end that way, okay? But I have led dozens, if not hundreds, of Church of Christ to the Lord who believe baptism for salvation. So much so, they wrote me up in their uh, newsletter and sent it out to all their people. Watch out for this guy, okay? Uh, I have that in my file somewhere. I like that. Uh, let them be afraid of you because you know the truth of the Word of God to show them salvation's in Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Okay. It's only Jesus is not your baptism. It's not your works. All right. So I just went through those five different places in 24 minutes. Okay. So, um, so, uh, it's quickly, you can take it longer, but if you listen to this a couple times, um, wrote down the notes of that, then practice that you would be able to have that knowledge breeds confidence. Okay. Anytime I go out swimming, there's nothing that I'm worried about. Uh, whether I see a Hindu or a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness or a Church of Christ or a, or a Muslim, I'm not worried about any of that because I know biblically what to say to try to help them. So the more knowledge you have, the more confidence that you'll have. And um, make preachers, get your people this. Make sure they know this. Most people are afraid to death to talk to somebody. Oh, no, what if they say this? And again, you can refuse to say, that's a great question. Let me get back with you. But how much better is it when they say, what about? And you're like, ooh, 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 I like this. And now you get to take the word of God and show them that salvation is Jesus. It is not baptism. Okay? So take that, use that. Let's learn these truths so we can show the world how to be saved, so we can answer their questions. I feel badly for them because they are working, trying to work their way to heaven. Many times good people, moral people, but they have not ever trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they're lost. Okay? Many of them live good moral lives because they have to to go to heaven. <laughs> um, but um, they need to make sure they're trusting only Jesus to save them. All right. Hope that was a help. God bless you. Hey, let's take and use these things so we can show this lost and dying world how they can be saved. God bless you and we'll talk to you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.